This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This week, we were offering four conversations from episode 61, in which Dr. Ali Aminian, lead author of the Splendor Study, discusses the effects of bariatric surgery on major cardiovascular events and liver outcome. This conversation starts with Ali describing study methodology and high-level results, including reducing major adverse liver outcomes fourfold and major adverse cardiovascular events twofold. Stephen Harrison raises a question about combining the two major adverse outcome categories in future studies and goes on to discuss ways our trial recruitment strategy in NAFLD and NASH excludes some patients who will benefit strongly and help us learn the complexity of our disease. This paper is important in many ways and provides powerful, dramatic data about the effect of weight loss on cardiovascular and liver outcomes. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the discussion on our LinkedIn and Facebook discussion groups. So we know that NASH is the hepatic manifestation of the metabolic syndrome and is strongly linked to cardiovascular disease. It's pretty common in patients with severe obesity. So it's a start in many of our patients, at least our patient population, start with obesity when we have fat accumulates everywhere, including in the liver, then inflammation going to come, and then fibrosis. So we, our goal was to see if bariatric surgery or metabolic surgery surgery can decrease the risk of progression of NASH to end-stage liver disease or can decrease the risk of major adverse cardiovascular events. That's why we came up with the Splendor study. And Splendor stands for Surgical Procedures and Long-Term Effectiveness in NASH Disease and Obesity Risk. That's basically a retrospective core study on patients with biopsy-proven fibrotic NASH without having cirrhosis to investigate the long-term relationship between bariatric surgery and development of both major adverse cardiovascular and major adverse liver outcomes in long-term follow-up. So at the Cleveland Clinic, over the course of past two decades, we were very aggressive in performing liver biopsies, both on the surgical patients and on non-surgical settings. Both hepatologists and the bariatric surgeons were liberally doing liver biopsies, and that enabled us to do the study. So we reviewed over 25,000 liver biopsies, and we identified 650 surgical patients who had NASH and fibrosis F1 to F3 versus over 500 non-surgical patients to serve as a control group who had NASH and F1 to F3. We balanced them based on their clinical characteristics and severity of the liver damage based on the initial liver biopsy, based on the NAFLD activity score and stage of the liver fibrosis. So the two groups, based on characteristics, were pretty balanced at the baseline. And then we followed them over the course of the years. And what we found that in the surgical group, patients lose about 20% more of their body weight compared with the usual care. That led to significant reduction in the risk of MACE and major adverse liver outcomes. So before going to the results, let me explain the endpoints. So we have 
two composite pre-specified endpoints. One was the first occurrence of major adverse liver outcomes or MALO, which was a composite of progression to clinical or histologic cirrhosis in patients who had re repeat liver biopsy, development of hepatocellular carcinoma, need for liver transplantation or liver-related mortality. And the second pre-specified composite endpoint was first occurrence of MACE or major adverse cardiovascular events, which was a composite of coronary artery events, cerebrovascular events, heart failure, or CV mortality. And we know that the cardiovascular morbidity and mortality is pretty common in patients with NASH. So we found that over the course of 10 years in the surgical group, 2.3% developed mallow major adverse liver outcome versus 9.6% in the non-surgical control group. That means surgery was associated with 88% lower risk of developing mallow in the course of 10 years. Number need to treat to prevent one mallow in 10 years was eight. So if you operate on eight patients with fibrotic dash, we can prevent one mallow in 10 years. In terms of the MACE, over the course of 10 years, 8.5% developed MACE in the surgical group versus 15.7% in the non-surgical group. The hazard ratio was 0.30 favoring the surgical group. That means surgery was associated with 70% lower risk of developing MACE uh, over the course of 10 years. So those are the main uh, findings of this study. Surgery could decrease the risk of mallow but by 88% and could decrease the risk of MACE by 70%. So those are some pretty powerful numbers. Stephen, Wayne, first comment? Well, we've been uh, preaching about weight loss forever with this disease. And so anything that gives us some guidance is welcome. We tend as patients to hope that surgery is pretty far down the list for choices that we make, but I'm glad to see some definitive numbers for what the value of that fat reduction is for, well, both both the liver and the cardiovascular events. I think these are terrific data, Allie. Did you expect there to be more cardiovascular benefit than liver-related benefit in this population? We expected that, but again, since the, the numbers are small overall, the event rates are small, we cannot compare maize versus mallow head-to-head to see now why we saw 88% lower risk of mallow versus 70% lower risk of maize. We cannot actually say it was more effective on reducing risk of mallow versus maize because overall the, the event, event rates are very small and the confidence interval was very wide. But the effect on maize was not very surprising because we could we saw this very similar findings in patients in our patient population who had diabetes and we published that in JAMA a couple of years ago. So the hazard ratio in diabetes cohort who had bariatric surgery for developing MACE was around 0.4. Here in the NASH population, 0.3. So it's very comparable. But the effect on reducing the risk of mallow was substantial, was remarkable. So the hazard ratio was 0.12. So it's huge. So it's like if we can help patients to lose weight, we can protect liver in a very large number of patients. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's very striking. I want to drill into that a little bit more. When I look at your data, looking at the baseline characteristics, 50.8% of your patients were stage one at baseline, 29% were stage two, and 20% were stage three with no F4s. Again, I think these numbers get small relatively quickly, but I did 
couldn't see if you had stratified mallow or mace based on baseline fibrosis stage. Could you comment on that? We did not look at that because, again, the, the number of patients and number of events were small. But most of mallow that we observe a carrying patient with F3. We had some patients in F1 and F2 who developed mallow because the follow-up time was long, but majority of patients who developed mallow had F3 at the baseline. For the maze, it seems like there was no association between severity of the fibrosis and development of maze in the follow-up. But it's just, this is not a scientific way to interpret the data. It was just based on the numbers. But when you when you look at them and you add them together, it becomes even more striking. And I wonder if a lesson learned from this trial that we can use for any NASH trial is a combination of MACE and mallow rather than either one alone. And as you know, in drug development for NASH, we exclude people with any risk of cardiovascular disease or particularly any invasive procedure within the preceding six months. We tend to exclude people uh, that have had recent stents placed, that have had a recent MI, that have heart failure. We exclude people that have renal disease of any particular degree. And we know that if you do a cardiovascular outcomes trial with, say, a GLP-1 receptor agonist, an SGLT-2 inhibitor, you're actually selecting for those patients, right? You want people with renal impairment. You want people with a history of a previous cardiovascular event because those are the people that are most likely to progress to another event. And so you're able to power your study more vigorously to get at an endpoint at a quicker time period. So in NASH, we don't do that. We actually do the opposite. So I'm, I'm just wondering, as I sit back and think about drug development in NASH and the discussions we have with the regulatory authorities, why are we excluding MACE events and just focusing on, you know, essentially malice? That's one thing. And then the other thing that struck me from your data set, although I didn't, maybe I overlooked it, was this whole relationship between renal disease and fatty liver, obesity, diabetes. There was some data presented at AASLD. Actually, I, I was able to present that data looking at Inyo's FXR and the impact that it had, albeit in a small data set, on improvement in GFR over time. And I'm just thinking about this wonderful data set that you have. And were you able to see any improvement in GFR in your patient population over time? And if you did, was it linked to mallow or mate in any way? Good question and good comment, Stephen. On this particular group, we didn't look at the kidney function or risk of nephropathy or progression to the CKD. We certainly can look at those data. But in our diabetes cohort who had a bariatric surgery, and as I briefly mentioned, we published that data a couple of years ago in JAMA, we looked at the nephropathy as one of the outcomes. So when we defined MACE for that particular study, we actually had nephropathy as part of the MACE. So we defined MACE as an extended composite endpoint as development of coronary artery disease, cerebrovascular disease, heart failure, atrial fibrillation, nephropathy, 
and mortality. So six components on that particular paper. And we showed that weight loss can decrease the risk of nephropathy. The hazard ratio was 0 0.40, 60% low risk of nephropathy after losing weight in the surgical group compared with the usual care. I suspect to see very similar observation in the NASH cohort, and we can look at that data because, again, obesity and diabetes both can damage the kidney, and when patients' diabetes and obesity improve, that can save the kidneys and the kidney function. And to your point, it does make sense to combine probably mallow plus maize plus nephropathy as a large composite endpoint to consider for the trials because we look at the liver damage, kidney damage, and heart damage. So all these organ damages that can occur down in the road for a patients are at risk to develop those. And if an intervention or medication can prevent any of those in this patient population, that's beneficial and that's valuable. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Starting next Wednesday, December 22nd, we will kick off our year-end series, which will include three full episodes and nine or ten longer-form conversations with some of the leaders who've joined our episodes throughout the year. We've recorded three of these conversations as of today, December 16th, and all are fascinating and insightful. If you have downtime during the holiday, make sure to check it out. And if we don't see you later in the year, and this is the last you hear from me in 2021, have a wonderful holiday season, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you on the podcast in January. Bye-bye now.